When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Olay Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. If you want to listen to this episode, our 153rd and other episodes, feel free to like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to leave us a nice rating or review. We always appreciate those. It is season in review time, although we do have one topic to address quickly before that. So in order to do so, let me bring in the crew here of Sam Lopresi. Hello, Sam. Always fun to do the review. Yes. Even if it's bad things to review. Yeah, it, there's, there's going to be a lot of pain in this review, but we can just excise it all out. Hopefully. We've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Hey, good evening, everyone. And uh, yeah, just to start it off on a good note, I want to say, you know, thank you to everybody listening to uh, or for just making it this far with us and, you know, listening this many episodes and yes, yeah, sticking with us throughout the season. So, uh, yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, let's wrap up the season. Amen to that. And back from uh, a week off, we got Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, Phyllis, happy to be here. Happy to be back. Uh, happy to be doing the, the season recap. So it was one of the funner things we do here in the, in the pod not that every pod is not fun but you know this one is this a lot in, you know pretty enjoyable so yeah not the greatest season 
uh not by a long shot but you know excited to to talk a little bit more about it and then never never discuss it ever again <laughs> well my laughter got in the way but i'll throw it right back to you sergio max allegri to the saudi super league your thoughts i mean a lot of people are suddenly going to feel a lot different about saudis if, if that happens right like i mean <laughs> oh, man. it'd be it's it's a Crazy rumor, but I mean, they just got the reigning Ballon d'Or, right? Like Karim Benzema just went there uh, and Gola Kante just went there. Like, I mean, they're they're doing the thing that China did like a few years ago. And if I remember correctly, that did not go well for, no. for the Chinese football uh, league or teams or really anybody other than the guys that got like super, super well paid. There was a moment, I think, where Carlos Tevez was like the highest paid player in the world and he was playing in Shanghai or something. So... I don't know how you know sustainable those you know trying to build a league or teams that way is but listen the saudis have like more money than god and if that's how they want to spend it i mean it's it's fine it, it would be kind of like the only feasible way that i could see juventus parting with max allegri you know just in the economic sense because i guess if they buy him out then they don't have to pay him any more of the remainder of his salary so that'd be that'd be nice but i don't you know i don't think it's going to happen it's kind of like a fun rumor but i don't i don't foresee it happening so you're you're not you're not thinking max Allegri might jump at 20 plus million euros a season well that is a lot of money that when you put it that way that is a lot of money um look i i don't begrudge anybody for chasing the money or taking the money like i get it like if, if you can set up your grandchildren, grandchildren with the, the type of money that they're, you know, paying them, go for it. I mean, but it, it just seems like it, it would be odd, like from nothing that I heard or read about him, he seems like the type of guy to kind of, you know, walk away at this point in his career, at least like, it, I don't, I don't see it happening, but I mean, money, money is king, money talks. So, so who knows? So Sam, I'll throw a question to you real quick before we get your well-known max allegri thoughts did you change your ip address and start the allegri out hashtag in saudi arabia no no i did not because uh <laughs> i very much want allegri in in saudi arabia you know if, if this were to happen i would i would be 100 percent okay with letting sports watching have this one and it's tough to say i mean because if you read certain rumors and reports there is the possibility that allegri is kind of done with the situation at Juve, but doesn't want to leave the contract. And this would be able to give, at least not without a massive golden handshake, and this would very much be said golden handshake. And it would be, you know, if if the reports of a power struggle between him and, uh, and Calvo are true, this might also be a, a way out of that for him if he happens to lose it. So... It would be a great thing for Juventus if it happened. Uh, like Sergio, I'm mostly skeptical that it'll actually come to pass. But at the same time, I grabbed my rosary beads out of the jewelry box uh, a couple days ago when that first came out because, uh, God, I want something like that to happen. I would want something like that to happen. That would be a godsend for this team. Yeah, I don't have too much to add to what Sergio and uh, Sam said. I think Max strikes me as someone who is still ambitious enough in his career to not just want to, you know, I mean, with all respect, 
I mean, actually, I don't know how much respect, but anyway, um, <laughs> to to go to a league like Saudi Arabia and then coach there because um, once again, it's not a top. It's not top level football. It's it would not be something that would progress his career. It it obviously is, would be for the money. So again, I mean, Max strikes me as, as someone who you know, okay, even if he leaves uh, Juventus, he would still want to coach at like a frankly, at a serious club, at a, you know, having coached in Europe all his life, having coached at, you know, Milan and, and Juve, and having had offers uh, from Real Madrid a few years ago. I mean, he just seems like someone that wouldn't, right now anyway, like, that he wouldn't just quit his career, basically, to go, you know, go coach in Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, it, it does seem unlikely to me that he would accept a, you know, 20 gazillion dollar per minute's offer from uh, Saudi Arabia. Now, of course, that doesn't mean he won't accept an offer from another club in Europe elsewhere, but but just to the question of if he would join a club, uh, I forget which one, Al-Itihad, I think it was. It's um, Al-Hilal. Al-Hilal, sorry. Um, yeah. yeah, I should probably start learning more about these clubs, given that they're kind of taking over, aren't they? So, <laughs> I, I yeah, I just don't, I don't see that as a very likely thing to do, uh, for him to do. I see it more, more likely that he would take a job at another club in Europe and still coach somewhere near the highest level of football, you know, some Champions League contending club, that he would do that instead of just, you know, basically call it a day on his career and go. So, uh, yeah, I think it's unlikely, but, I mean, I thought it was unlikely for, uh, well, unlikely, I should say, like Ancelotti said, I thought it was an extremely big surprise that Benzema, you know, basically called it a day and, and uh, went to Saudi Arabia. I mean, this is a guy, like Sergio said, who just won a Ballon d'Or. He still has years, at least a few good years of football left in him. And he basically just, you know, again, sorry, but he just basically quit his career and just took a an offer there um, to go play football there. So, yeah, I thought that was uh, unlikely and surprising. And that happened. So what do I know? Yeah, what do I know? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, as as things stand right now, like like I mentioned earlier, they're reportedly offering Max Allegri 20 million euros a season, and that could go even higher based on how uh, we're recording on Sunday, how the, the uh, meeting went earlier in the day today. So it's definitely something to pay attention to because it kind of feels like it's either Max Allegri stays or Max Allegri goes to Saudi Arabia. So uh, very much uh, another another twist in what has already been an interesting few days 
in the off season. So uh, we will look back on the season. Give them that- an oil field. <laughs> <laughs> we will now look back on the season that was, and we're as per usual, we're kind of breaking things down into the regular categories, MVP, LVP, uh, biggest surprise and uh, biggest disappointment. So uh, we'll start uh, MVP and let's go. Uh, I threw it to Sergio to begin. I'll throw it to Chucks this time. Who is your most valuable player of the 2022-23 season? It is uh, the wonderful Frenchman by the name of uh, Adrien Rabio. Oh. Um, I thought he was frankly just phenomenal this season. I had a, I kind of bounced between having him as biggest surprise or MVP. I guess I just put him as MVP. Just had a different player for. I thought might have been a better fit for a uh, biggest surprise, but yeah, I thought Rabio was just, uh, yeah, he was really fantastic or as bad or frustrating, I guess, and inconsistent as he has been in the past. He was just, you know, he was a guaranteed starter really, I think for this season, I think he had, I don't know how many minutes he played, but he was just a guy who, if fit and, you know, if not too fatigued or anything or, uh, not being rested for a big game. He was on the pitch. He was playing. And yeah, again, rightly so. I think the biggest thing, which obviously, you know, uh, just look at the stats, uh, the biggest thing that he really just uh, added to his game, I guess, or just broke out this season was just his goal scoring. Scoring that many goals. Uh, God, it was about eight or nine goals. Uh, let me quickly look that uh, yeah, eight. Yeah, that's great. Eight goals. Uh, the eight goals that he scored, uh, being the second, well, eight goals in the league anyway, second top scorer in the league for Juve. That, yeah, I mean, that's just fantastic for a midfielder to have that type of contribution, that goal scoring contribution, that attacking contribution from midfield really helped the team, especially because of, uh, as I'm sure we'll talk about, someone will talk about him. Uh, Dusan Flaovic is kind of, frustrating and inconsistent season that he had to have that goal scoring, I guess, backup from Rabio uh, really, uh, I don't think I appreciated it that much until I really kind of thought about, you know, today's episode and about season review, just how much that softened that kind of blow from Mal well, Milik and Vlaovic just being kind of, you know, iffy and well, Moiskin, that's actually basically our strikers just being kind of, yeah, I mean, not terrible, but just uh, inconsistent and not always, 100% reliable. Not always their fault, obviously, as we'll again talk about. But yeah, Rabio just, uh, yeah, he did fantastic this season. If it's going to be his last one for Juve, uh, who knows? Um, I think it's pretty likely that it will be. But if it if it was, then well, what a way to what a way to sign out. Sergio, who you got? Yeah, I, I got to agree 100%. I think Adrian Rabio was was to me the MVP of the season. It wasn't just the, the goals. You know, 11 in, in that category. He was the the second. Uh, player with with the most amount of goals for for Juventus this season, which you know speaks about kind of how the attack went for Juve this year. But just the fact that he was there, he was good and he was reliable. Like he had forty eight total appearances, pretty much no you know very very few missed games for for injuries, and most of them weren't even injuries; they were just kind of resting him. But you know to have a guy, especially in a, in, a, in a squad that was so inconsistent and so injury prone, and and you know just never really was never really reliable. Adrian Dravio was very, very reliable. Like a lot of appearances, a lot of minutes, uh, a lot of big goals. He even chipped in six assists, which is like, that's something that we haven't seen from him. 
I mean, it is kind of ironic that it happened in, in the last year of his contract. And and I think I wrote about it in the in the graph back for the last game. But, you know, he was, you know, he finally lived up to his contract in the last year and a half or something, because I think his come up was, was coming in, in that in the previous year as well. So uh, under Max Allegri, pretty much who who actually was the only coach that played him in his natural position. And then he thrived like he would. He was really, really good when when played there. So. Kudos to Rabio. I mean, you know, he, you know, not his fault that they gave him that contract that, you know, it was always going to be super hard to live up to. Uh, but he finally did at least one year out of four. So that's not great, but, you know, it's not nothing. And and I do think that when you take everything into account, I, I agree with Chucks 100%. I, I do think he was the the MVP of the, of the season. Is it a clean sweep for Adrian Rabio there, Sam? No. Uh, oh. Close. Close. But I'm actually going to go... You used him as an example in the before we hit record, Danny, but I'm going with uh, Nicolo Fagioli. Wow. And I am going with him mainly because of once he came into the starting lineup, and this is more work than than I want to put on Kausch, but if he were to if Kausch were to go back on to the season preview episode, you would find that I made we all when we all made a bold prediction about the season, mine was that either Fagioli or Miretti would be a regular starter for the team come the end of the season. Sam's coming with receipts. <laughs> and lo and behold, and I think that, you know, it, it took a while for him to break into the team. It took basically all the other midfielders being injured for Max Allegri to give him a real shot towards the end of that first half of the season before the World Cup break. But when he came into the team, we all know that Manuel Locatelli is a makeshift regista at best. But when he does play there, he plays better when there's another guy that can play the ball in there with him. And he brought that dynamic into the midfield and really just, and, and turned it that little bit up. And I think that's, you know, I, I do think that one, you know, Rabio was playing great. And I think he also, you know, that the way that the midfield started to balance itself a little bit more after Fagioli started playing is one of the big reasons why Rabio was able to finish the way he did and why we saw a much better season out of Manuel Locatelli than uh, this year than we did last for the most part. I thought that he is, you know, I, I, I've, I've said this before, he reminds me a lot of Claudio Marchisio and the way that he was able to play in midfield. I think that the midfield really started to stabilize and and play much better as a unit when he went in there and you know the midfield is the most important part of the of the of the team at the end of the day so i think that that by propping up that midfield you i i think that fudgeoli deserves a deserves that shout all right well we got mvp now lvp since well, what's uh, yours danny what's my i don't know it's hard to it's hard to say i mean definitely rabio i mean i've kind of bounced back and forth while you guys were talking rabio fudgeoli didn't come into my mind i mean danilo maybe bremer maybe but i think i'd probably go bremer for the simple fact of how much of a mess juventus's defense was around him for a good part of the year and knowing that you know he basically had to at times play two positions seeing as alexandra was on his left so i you know obviously he's got a, a few very noticeable mistakes this season, but I think on the whole, Bremer coming in for Matthias Delict and then basically 
having to at first go go and play in a position he's very much not used to in a four-man defense and then really kind of coming alive once Juventus went to the back three. I think that's when, in earnest, his season kind of truly got going. So I'd, I'd probably pick Bremer uh, over 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 Rabio and and a few other guys. So we talked MVP and Sergio, your LVP. Is it another midfielder perchance? Uh, no, there, there's a lot of contenders there, but um, <laughs> unfortunately, I I think uh, it, it's a man you mentioned uh, before, and and that to me was was Alexandro. I do think he he was put in an unfair position, sort of in the sense that he was the only one who could really like he was the only player available in in many many opportunities and i think at this point in his career he just doesn't he just doesn't have it anymore and and it's been a gradual decline and he's he could still be a valuable player and we saw it in in you know when he started playing that three-man back line like he, he looked better uh, he had games here and there when when it looked like alexander was was a decent player right like nothing like his peak but he was decent. But because of how this squad was built, they had to rely on him a lot. And unfortunately, you know, that that was just, you know, more chances for him to to show that he doesn't have it anymore, to kind of, you know, prove those those glaring deficiencies in, in his game now. So, you know, there were a lot of guys that that underperformed, a lot of guys that that were kind of disappointments. But to me, he he really stands out because of how many minutes he had to play on how much he, they relied on him during this year and really due to just poor, poor squad planning. So he was at fault in a lot of, a lot of pivotal key games in which Juventus dropped points or allowed goals just because of, you know, him making mistakes. And, and for a guy that's supposed to be like a better and stalwart type of type of player, like you just can't have that. So uh, to me, Alexander is the is the LVP. A lot of very worth, like a lot of very worthy contenders in that one, but but it's, it's Alexander. Samuel, Leandro Paredes. <laughs> I'm going to give, and on the basis of my stat, this was the thing that I I caught. I'm I'm doing the midfielders on the blog for season in review this year, and as I was going through some stats uh, today, this blew my mind. So. For Serie A play, the team leader in yellow cards was Adrian Rabio. He had nine in 2,751 minutes of play. Oh, boy. Second on the team was Leandro Paredes with seven in 969 minutes of play. (laughs) And that, in a nutshell, is what Leandro Paredes brought to this team this year. It was nothing. Oh, apparently yellow cards. Yellow card, yeah, you know, disciplinary problems. It was one of those transfers that was, you know, made to the god of experience, which is just something that Italian managers just can't help themselves with. And it was a stupid move. And, you know, he he did nothing. The guy that he pushed out, Nicola Rovella, had a fantastic year at Monza and really proved that he belongs at this level. And we paid about as much money as we paid for Angel Di Maria for a guy that did, sorry, couch jack to help this team. So yeah, he definitely LVP for me. All right, Chucks, no clean sweep this time. Who you got? No, 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 indeed. Unfortunately, uh, it is uh, Paul Pogba for me. I say unfortunately because of, obviously I recognize the injury problems he had. 
that said, there was the whole controversy about the surgery versus, you know, going for the rehab thing. That was very much his fault or whoever counseled him uh, on that. That was on him, basically. But besides that, it was really just, a, I mean, an extraordinary series of injuries. I don't, I don't, I don't really remember. Yeah, I don't know. I'm struggling to remember in my lifetime or anyway, during the time that I've watched or followed football closely to really see a player that missed an entire, really just basically an entirety of a season, not just because of one injury, because it really wasn't just one injury. It was, it was that one injury and then came back from it and then had another injury and then came back from it. And then, you know, it was just kind of constantly, you know, step forward and then just, you know, another step or two back. Yeah, it just, I've never, I don't know, I've rarely seen something as, as remarkable as that. And yeah, I mean, he just attributed, I mean, almost quite literally nothing. Uh, he did have some decent cameos when he had that, you know, I don't know, what is it, two or three substitute appearances when he recovered from injury that he did well. And of course, well, okay, I should say, this is one biggest contribution was that assist, I think it was, against Sevilla in the first leg when he headed the ball back i'm pretty sure that was him who headed it back to gatti and for the equalizer but yeah he was just the lvp to me and and you know i really wonder where his career is at now i mean he's what 30 31 years old or something like that and i mean after just missing an entirety of a season through injuries you know what first of all where's your mental state going to be in terms of just the confidence to still play and even just just the match sharpness the you know the mental there's 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 something to playing football week in week out that keeps your mind sharp versus just sitting on the bench for you know or I'll be in the medical center for all of the season and just yeah it's fitness will his body even be able to still recover and still be able to play for I mean at least half of the season so yeah I worry I worry a lot about him and and he just you know again quite literally uh, barely contributed a thing and. Or obviously for the salary that he's on, that is uh, well, not really, not really acceptable. And it's a it's a financial expense we can't afford to have just to pay that much in salary for someone who you know played what uh, I don't know sixty seven minutes or something like that. I should probably look that up, but I don't know they barely played a game all season. One hundred and eight minutes in Serie. A. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. It's close-ish, I guess. Close-ish, yes. Yeah. A uh, a man you guys know wrote uh, after a July friendly appearance by Paul Pogba. Some of the moves Paul Pogba put on people, put people on skates. He's so fun when he's playing with that little extra spice of creativity and flair. Obviously, that was me writing that okay. after Paul Pogba's appearance against Chivas in Las Vegas. As I wrote that sitting next to one Sergio Romero in the press box. Uh, little did we know that Paul Pogba was going to get hurt the, basically the day after in training and this season was going to turn into what it did for him. So, uh, yes, as you can tell, I am in line with Chucks when it comes to, unfortunately, the LVP is Paul Pogba. And uh, I might, you know, one of these things we have coming down in a few minutes, I might mention Paul Pogba again. Who knows? So uh, shall we go over to the biggest surprise of the season, Sam, your pick? Samuel Lilling Jr. Ah, yeah, he, you know, of all the people coming up from the next gen that we kind of had our eyes on, he wasn't one of them before that game against Benfica. And then all of a sudden he just broke out onto the scene and started really 
truly becoming one of our best attacking players by the end of the year. It was a very pleasing to see a, the youth structure come up with this guy with a guy that can, you know, run at people and be shifty. And, you know, yes, he's a he's he's got some raw spots to his game. He's 19, but he brought an energy to that to his side of the field that Juve hasn't had in a long time. And it, so it was really, a pl- really pleasant to watch. And just because he, he he really did seem like he came out of nowhere. You know, I, I literally didn't know who he hit, who he was when he came onto the field against Benfica. And then he finished the year the way he finished the year. So, so he's definitely my guy in that, uh, on that call. Jocks. I'm going to go back to the midfield again and uh, pick uh, Manuel Locatelli for this one. And, you know, he's been, uh, he's been a player that we've obviously talked about a lot in terms of our frustration that he's not being used in his correct position, a little higher up the pitch rather than in a, uh, essentially a regista position that Max, uh, yeah, basically forced him into. And, you know, it, it was tough in the beginning for him. Uh, I think we all felt that his talents were not, um, used optimally in that position uh we felt that he had more to offer higher up the pitch and that's someone else either a new signing or just a leandro paredes <laughs> would have uh, been that person to be in a regista position but then that did not happen and well we had to um accept the fact that locatelli was going to continue to be in, in that regista position and i think this was the season where he really yeah made it his own finally made that his own position and and looked pretty comfortable in it my thought i mean there's still a question really if he would still be better higher up the pitch um, i mean that's just something we won't know until max or whoever actually gives him consistent playing time in that position but at least now we're in a scenario where he can play in that role comfortably and contribute quite well you know to the team i thought just this season he really Again, by the nature of the position, uh, the regista position, he had to do a little bit of everything. But I think he really, you know, did a little bit of everything quite well. Now, the goal-scoring burden, again, was on Rabio as we, uh, from midfield anyway. As we said, you know, that was on Rabio. But I thought, you know, uh, Locatelli just did well well in terms of his passing. Uh, just looking at his passing statistics, uh, you know, his pass completion rates were, you know, in the 80%, 83% or so. Yeah, I'm looking on whoscored.com uh, here. Um, and he had like three and a half long balls per uh, game, which again, that's that's pretty good too. And that's you know, shows that he had the confidence to uh, to play long balls throughout the throughout every game and try and switch up the play and and open up, you know, open up the play uh, with a little bit of creativity from deep. And yeah, just and defended as well as well. You know, he had to put in some tackles, you know, make some interceptions here and there, and really contribute more defensively than usual so or then he would have to do if we were playing a little bit higher up the pitch so uh i yeah just think he uh you know deserves recognition for making that position his own and really growing into that role and and instead of you know complaining or just not really accepting the fact that that uh, that is his his destiny that that is just going to have to be it and that's going to be his position uh, he just said you know i'm going to like make the best situation out of this and really make something good out of this, which I really think that is the mark of a truly great player. You know, if you're in a suboptimal position or in a uh, position that might not be yours, 
uh, or not, might not be 100% your position, but still close enough to it that you say, you know what, okay, I'm just going to make this the best situation that I can um, rather than uh, complain about it. So, uh, yeah, well done, uh, Locatelli. All right, Sergio, who you got? Yeah, my, my biggest surprise is someone that, that Sam actually already discussed, and that's uh, Nicolo Fagioli. I, I think uh, I, I wouldn't go putting him in, in, in the MVP because I do think he struggled early in the season in that first half. I, I do think he had flashes, but he wasn't as consistent. You know, at the time, I think Fabio Miletti was kind of like the guy who was playing a lot better. Uh, but to his credit, like to his never ending credit, like he obviously started to show a lot of improvement in training. And when the opportunity showed up, he seized it and he finished the season. I think he was awarded like the best under 23 player in, in the league uh, and very well deserved. Like I think that second half that he had, he was he was up there as, as one of the more reliable, better players that Juventus had. And, you know, it's normal for young guys to, you know, hit a, you know, hit a development wall or kind of go through ebbs and flows. But really, once he kind of got that place as a starter like he was really really consistent like he looked like a veteran out there for most of the time so to me i think i think he was the, my biggest surprise because while we all thought that that he was talented and that he could you know you know maybe in the future be like a big uh a big performer for the team you know he was one year removed from playing in Serie B so it, it wasn't like you know he was a surefire starter or anything like that and he finished the season as a very very well deserved starter and as a guy that that Juventus should look to build around and that to me was uh was unexpected i thought he was good that he was fun that he could have moments but i never thought that that he'd end up being a a, a bona fide starter and like a legitimately good good player and you know this is his first full season in in Serie A like i'm sure that he's going to continue to grow you know the injury to finish his season was a bit of a bummer, but uh doesn't take away anything from what he did, especially during that second half. So so to me, he he's my biggest surprise. Just kudos to to Nicolo Vagioli. And the poor poor guy gets the under 23 award and has to take it with the uh, Juventus jersey over his sling. Yeah, I saw that. That that made me sad. One, <laughs> it's, it's awkward as hell, but it looked ridiculous. <laughs> Well, uh, you mentioned Sam. You mentioned Illing Jr. Sergio. You mentioned Nicolo Fagioli. I will do uh, another one of the younger crop of Juventus players, and that is uh, Freddie Katz. Because unless you were grinding uh, game footage of Frosinone last season or uh, diving deep into his one appearance with the Italian national team, you probably weren't all that familiar with Federico Gatti coming into the season. And a lot like Fagioli. He had to bide his time to get playing time. And once he did, he he showed that, hey, maybe he is somebody who could be a starter for this team going into the future. And he still is very much inexperienced at the top level of uh, of the game in Italy. But I think he's probably in better position now to uh, be a regular starter with the game time he did get in the second half of the season compared to where he was probably in October and November. And yeah, he's still very much rough around the edges, but you look at him and, you know, he's he's a physical, just bruising kind of defender that we have come to love at Juventus. And, uh, you know, people very much point to Giorgio Chiellini as somebody he resembles, mainly because they have the same kind of playing style. But, I mean, I think if if he even comes close to being what Chiellini was for the vast majority of Juventus' career, then uh, Federico Gatti will be... Uh, be quite happy with how things went at Juventus Forum. So we got 
pretty much all the youngsters out of the way outside of Fabio Moretti, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Good job. Good job, everybody. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So, uh, Sergio, you're uh, your most disappointing player of the Juventus season. You know, it, it's tough. And it's tough because it's not necessarily all, all his fault. But, you know, with great expectations comes, you know, I mean, comes comes a lot of demand. So to me, my biggest disappointment personally was Dusan Blachowicz. Uh, he was the leading scorer for the team, 14 goals, um, had had some good moments, had some, some good shows. He he wasn't, you know, nowhere near like the biggest problem ailing this squad, but he was a 80 million euro plus signing this this season. And honestly, like his performance, like wasn't all that better than guys like Arik Milic or Moiskin. And, you know, obviously a lot of that has to do with the system that, that wasn't really, you know, geared towards what he does best. You know, the team was largely anemic offensively. Uh, and that's, you know, I mean, that that's just a general problem that the team have. But, you know, when you spend that type of money on a guy and, you know, you expect a, a little bit more than, you know, 14 goals and just a lot of matches in which he just looked bad. And a lot of matches in which he was just like man marked to death and, and didn't really help in any other ways. Like he was just completely shut out. And, you know, and, and I said it, but but honestly, like Arik Milic wasn't all that worse. And he was a lone guy that they were going to buy him. And now they're, apparently they're not. But, you know, when, when a guy like that kind of can come in and, do a pretty similar job and, and that your 80 million, you know, Euro guy, it, it has to be considered a disappointment. And, you know, Blachowicz is still a super young guy, lots of talents. Like, you know, this is not uh, an indictment on his career and, or whether or not the move was sound or, you know, it was wasted money. Like, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that, you know, given that he was already in the team, in the system, you know, this was the year where where you really expect a guy to to show out and to really kind of be a difference maker, and and he just for the most part wasn't. So, I, I hope this is not the end for him in, in in a Juve jersey. You know, because he does have a lot of talent, he does have a lot of potential. Um, but this season as a whole, I, I would consider it a, a disappointment. Like when you're getting punked by nobody Empoli defenders. And they're like openly jawing at him, like, oh, 80 million euros. And like you're doing nothing. That's that's just that's just a low mark for me. And so so I do, you know, not not 
burying his Juventus career in any way, shape, or form. But um, I do think this season as a whole was was a bit disappointing considering the expectations. Jocks? I'll make a quick comment on Vlaovic and then uh, give my uh, pick. I think the thing that really frustrated me about Vlaovic, and, and I said this, I don't know, many moons ago, or like 10 episodes ago or something like that, I was just that he would always whine on the pitch. Like he was, just, he was always like every little touch he would get that, and then he would, you know, fall to the ground or, you know, maybe look like a foul. He would immediately like, you know, throw his hands up, immediately look at the referee and just like, just be pissed. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he does not like have great body language. Yeah, he was just like permanently pissed off. Like it was so, honestly, it got on my nerves. Like it, it was just irritating for me to watch. You know, okay, sometimes it'll be like, Probably a foul. Like, okay, you know, he had a case there. But oftentimes it, it was just, I mean, that's just the nature of the sport. It's a physical game. It's, and you're also a big guy. So, you know, you should be, I guess, used to it slash know how to deal with it. And it was just a constant feature. It would just constantly be complaining and just yelling at the ref and just this really just almost permanently negative, I don't know, attitude throughout the game and then you know especially at the officials and he would just get worked up really easily like you know defenders would it, it was just very easy to get under his skin which obviously doesn't help you you know being in the game and focusing on the game so uh, i hope that's something someone will talk to him about and help him with so uh because yeah that's just not something you can go your the entirety of your career with and then oh, and, and still succeed you have to be able to mentally deal with some things and just you know, shrug some things off and just move on. But anyway, just, uh, you know, coming on Vlaovic there. Yeah, my biggest disappointment uh, is probably a, it is a player rather that I'm pretty sure that everybody has forgotten about and forgotten is even on uh, the books at Juventus. And that is uh, my fellow countryman, uh, Mohamed Ihatarin. Uh, oh. he is a, yeah, he is uh, going off, him? <laughs> off the, off script uh, here. He has a way <laughs> left field. Way right off the grid. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, add something interested to interesting to the uh, podcast, and uh, you know, but let me try something a little different. No, he was definitely my biggest disappointment, just because of all the off the pitch uh, things he experienced this year, being arrested uh, multiple. I think actually twice. I want to say twice, at least once. Definitely, I think it was actually twice, and just having court cases, having uh, I mean, just all kinds of personal issues this year, and. It was especially disappointing because, you know, Wesley Snyder, ex-Inter, um, of course, he offered to mentor him, basically. And even he came away just saying, like, oh, guy, he didn't say it out loud, but he's basically said, like, I, I don't want to call people lost causes. But, you know, it was just a he just couldn't. He just said, you know, like, look, I just can't do this. It's it's he doesn't seem interested in playing football anymore. He doesn't seem like uh, he is much of a footballer at all right now. So, you know, he gave up. He had all other people like genuinely try and help him and mentor him. And they all just said, look, like uh, it, this kid needs different help than like a, a, a mentor or an ex-footballer. He just needs like, I don't know, some kind of, you know, mental health assistance or just, yeah, he needs some different type of help than just a, you know, ex-footballer saying like, hey, you know, uh, work on your passing or work on your uh, touch. So, yeah, it's just really disappointing and just a, you know, a really sad case. Um, he's still only, I think, 20 or 21 years old. And he was even like when he was still at uh, PSV or at PSV, 
uh, Eindhoven. He was, you know, really highly rated. Yeah, he was just going to be one of the next big things in the Netherlands. And, you know, obviously joined Juve and then went to Sampdoria and had all that drama. And it's just been, yeah, it was really sad overall, uh, everything that's happened to him. And I just thought, you know, this year maybe he can, you know, move away from spotlight and just have some help privately with, you know, again, ex-footballers or just just a support system. But that hasn't happened. And I really wonder if he's going to play football at all, really. So that's, uh, yeah, just the overall really sad case. All right, Sam, who you got? His name has been mentioned already, but for me, it's Paul Pogba. And mostly because, I mean, mean, it's a crapshoot given how much his body has been betraying him over the last year and a half. But if he had just gotten the damn surgery in August, would we have ended up with all of these problems by the end of the, you know, that he's had and, and setbacks and instead of, you know, spending six weeks trying to rehab an injury and probably introducing all sort of compensation into into his into himself physically because and also I want to know what snake oil salesman sold him on the idea that one could rehab cartilage. <laughs> which is not a thing that can be done. Yeah, so I, I just for for taking rotten advice. And really messing, messing this year up so badly from the very beginning. That was the, what was the most disappointing to me because I feel like, I, I feel like we would have had at least a, a a modicum of service from him this season had he just had the goddamn surgery and it it didn't happen and and it's on and it's on him for it because he's the one that got he, he's the one that made the decision. It was a crappy one. And he has no one to blame but himself. That's one of the biggest what ifs of this season for Juventus, isn't it? Oh yeah, and it leads, it leads right into my biggest disappointment, which will be Paul Pogba's medical decisions. Yeah, <laughs> because like Sam just outlined, I mean, you know, if he if he goes the route everybody thought he was going to go, basically a few days or a week or whatever. Instead of playing this back and forth game of, you know, do I get this surgery? Do I do the, was it conservative therapy? Who knows? Maybe he actually has a shot at playing at the World Cup because obviously the World Cup was what he tried to originally be ready for. Yeah. And we can also, in a way, blame FIFA for it. So, F you, Gianni. Yeah, that's true. But, but yeah, there was like door number one was the less invasive surgery that would have him on the field in like six to eight weeks. Door number two was like a more invasive but more complete repair that would have kept him out of the World Cup and had him back like January. And then all of a sudden he just throws out door number, you know, we didn't even know that door number three was there. He just like busted through the wall and looked, pointed at the hole and was like, hey, look, door number three. And I think that that just messed with his with everything this year. Well, you, you also have to wonder, though, uh, I mean, Danny, you said, obviously, that's one of the biggest what ifs with Paul Pogba. But you, you also have to wonder if Fagioli or Miretti would have played anywhere near as much. No, no, I mean, def- no, they wouldn't not. have. And that's the yeah. and, and the and, you know, Fagioli, be, Fagioli emerging the way he did this year is you can definitely call that a silver lining on 
on the cloud that was Paul Pogba and 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 his health this year. But at the same time, you know, would a, a relatively healthy Paul Pogba for the majority of the year have resulted in a much better Juventus on the field? Even with Max Allegra's coaching deficiencies, you have to say yes. I think he would have had like five to ten goals or so extra for in the year, probably from him yeah. being fit. But just since we haven't mentioned it, that probably would have also resulted in a bigger points penalty in the end. So who knows? all right well we will uh wrap things up here with something that uh sam actually threw out before the pod and and i think it's a pretty pretty good thing to try and hopefully and uh you know go into the summer on a good note what is uh and i will start with sam himself what is something that you are looking forward to or hoping happens this summer as we go into a summer of giant unknowns my hope is that nicolo rovella stays at juventus and is given a legitimate opportunity to start as the Regista next year. I think that putting him there, I, I think that him getting that starting spot there would make Manuel Locatelli a lot more effective because it would push Manuel Locatelli into a position that is better for his skills. Whoever the third midfielder in the midfield would be also, I think, would would be able to, to play off of, off of that really well. You, I mean, you imagine... You know, a midfield of 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 uh, Rovella, Fagioli, Locatelli. Those are three really good ball players in the midfield that could could actually start creating out of the midfield in a way that we haven't seen in a really long time. So I want, I would very much like to see Nicolo Rovella in the first team and and being given every opportunity to start. Sergio. Uh, to me, it's, it's a little bit linked to, to what uh, Sam was saying in the sense that I do want uh, this team to finally do the right thing and rebuild. And I, I know that's not a one to, one one thing necessarily, uh, but it is time for, for them to finally, you know, bite the bullet and, you know, bring in young guys, uh, you know, start, you know, really focusing on, on, on guys who've been still develop and you know you have a great opportunity with you know being out of the champions league playing the conference league if that it it's as good an opportunity as any the, the, you know i just don't want to see another uh big time you know bobby firmino type of signing like they don't need that they, they don't need those type of players right now bring in robella you know give minutes to samuel Liding jr give minutes to miretti give minutes to baronechek give minutes to all of these guys and really see what you have in them and and you know if if you lose a couple of games here and there because of their you know youthful indiscretion, so be it. But you know they're going to be better because of it. They're going to grow, and and you know you can finally have a foundation of homegrown you know young talent that can maybe you know ma- you know bring you to that you know back into that you know top tier elite level. I, I I do hope that they they you know stop sacrificing the. The long term for the short term and that they actually kind of start building with with a project like that in mind all right chucks what you got i have one and a half answers kind of to what? that question <laughs> so i'll give my always uh, breaking the rules <laughs> yeah you know that's where that's where the greatest inventions uh come from uh what is that that crazy uh silicon valley company says uh move fast and break things huh. uh, i don't know Never really liked them though, but anyway. Um, but yeah, no, my first, uh, I guess, answer to it really is 
us finally, and it kind of connects to what Sergio said, us finally making up our mind on what type of football we want to play. And, you know, we've gone back and forth from Max Allegri for, what, five years of, you know, that type of football of defending first, you know, defense first, and then counterattack, you know, and grab a goal or two here and there, but just, you know, very much defense first and then hopefully score a little bit here and there, but not very proactive football. And then, you know, we tried, you know, we make the, we made this big switch. We tried to make this big switch to Birlo and Sari, or Sari and Birlo, um, in that order, to try and, you know, play more progressive football and play more, you know, I guess modern football. And I personally, I feel like we never really gave it a shot. We kind of, you know, half-heartedly gave it a shot. And again, with something like that, it's like, look, you're either, either do it or just don't, don't like halfway, you know, do something like that. Something as significant as that, like really deciding what style of football you want to play. You got halfway do it. You either do it or you don't. And that was pretty frustrating to me. So, you know, I think we've all, we're all kind of feeling that we're hitting this wall with Allegri of like, okay, are we going to continue with, not necessarily with him. I mean, yes, if we're going to continue with him, but more if we're going to continue with that style of football, is that really like a completely non-negotiable part of Juventus like that this is how we play or are we really actually going to give it a shot and a genuine genuine attempt and genuinely build a team around you know the modern more uh, attacking and more uh, proactive style of football I don't know but I just want us just to make up our mind and just like go one way or the other if we're going to do it 100% do it if not, then just whatever, just stick to what we're doing. But this back and forth over the last, what, three, four, yeah, like three, four-ish years, is I think it's just resulted in, in worse than not doing one or the other. Like the halfway option is worse than one or the other. So I hope you just, yeah, pick one. Pick, you know, uh, pick a number, any number. And then the kind of other half answer, it's a half answer because I basically already talked about it, I think last week or the week before. But it's just really a help a final, really definitive end to all this off-the-field crap that's going on. Like, for the love of God, like, let this just be the end of it. Uh, points deductions, legal cases. I mean, we had so much legal crap going on. And I, and I was like, am I going to have to become, like, semi-educated in law and Italian law now? For, you know, in order to, like, to be able to uh, speak on a topic somewhat educated in a somewhat educated manner? I didn't, uh, eventually. I'm not a pre-law um, student and uh, actually quick tangent here uh one of the podcasts i follow uh the guy is uh he went to law school and he anyway went to law he's technically still an attorney but he was like i left that behind and now i do podcasting um but he said he always jokes that um law school is one of the most expensive ways to find out that you don't like law (laughs) so uh, that always made me laugh but yeah so anyway i just hope that this is truly truly just the end of all the off the field stuff i mean we got a little like this no matter how guilty or innocent we were, let this be the end of it and let it also just be a, I don't know, the beginning of just a management and a board and a president that really just checks this kind of, uh, or doesn't, doesn't accept this kind of stuff as normal. Clearly, in order for something to, like this to happen, all the plus valenza, all the salary stuff, it doesn't just happen with one person. It has to be a group of people that say, that accept this as okay and then just, you know, sign off on it. I remember this is similar things in like the financial crisis of 08. If anybody's a nerd and curious, uh, Dan Ariely, the Israeli uh, 
research always uh, talked about that. But, you know, you really need a norm of a certain type of norm for stuff like this to happen for like, you know, shady financial dealings to happen. It, it's not just one person that's like, hey, let's do this. No, it's like a group of people that are like, eh, I mean, eh, what the hell? You know, OK, you know, let's let's pay these guys under the table. Um, so, yeah, let's hope that's the end, end to it. And, you know, it's damaged our brand pretty badly and damaged our reputation. So, yeah, let's hope uh, that's uh, that's over. And I, I will go a little bit off of that and say, I just hope Juventus hires a sporting director as soon as possible and have it be for more than a few years because, you know, the one-year stopgap while, you know, Juventus waits for Juventus' Napoli contract and just seems stupid. Just figure it out with De Laurentiis and bring him in. I mean, just get it, get it done somehow because you're not going to find many better guys than him. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I, like Sergio said, if you're going to rebuild, do it, do it full on. And a sporting director is very much at the top of the list that you need to, to do that. And, you know, Cristiano Giuntoli is one of the, the best, best in Italy to try and do so. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that happens. So that is, uh, that is a wrap for this week's podcast. We, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, look on the website. We're doing our, uh, season ratings position by position all throughout the week. So uh, hopefully you guys will uh, enjoy those as well as this episode. So uh, if you want to listen to this episode as well as previous ones, like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to uh, leave us a nice rating and a review. We always appreciate them. And like I said last week, the ratings definitely, definitely help. So for Sam, for Chucks, for Sergio and producer Couch, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. 